I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. My horoscope is Aries and I'm ready for war. The only thing contagious about me is my bad attitude. Guys, it's Andy's girls. I am. I was like wondering if I should do a Corona themed um, tagline, but then I realized why rush? I have several months worth of content. <laughs> <laughs> I can spread out when recording. You guys, it's Andy's girls. It's a episode 152, and I am so excited to be joined by none other than writer, producer, host of the podcast, Pot Psychology, producer of the podcast, B-List with friend of the show, Pet Shop Boy, and close personal friend of Jamila Jamil, Casey (laughs) (laughs) So glad to be satellite recording with you. So tell the listeners, and by listeners, I mean, most importantly, me, where you are recording from right now. I am in New Jersey. I'm at my parents. Oh, you're in New Jersey? Yeah. I'm at my parents. Oh, I didn't know this. Beach house. My parents live oh, in shit. Florida now. Um, and they're snowbirds, so they come back. They just moved to Florida. And so they come back to the beach house, usually like April or May, or that was the plan. I don't know what's gonna happen now. So they're gonna stay in Florida for a while. Probably, I'm yeah. But um they were doing all these like renovations on the beach house. So like the beach house is sort of like half usable like one of the bathrooms and one of the bedrooms is totally off limits and there's like random furniture everywhere um Wait, off limits because they have like mommy and daddy time in there or something like what's the why is it off limits because oh because like it's being it, like middle mid construction and they stopped oh. for because of all this so uh 
Yeah, they and then my mom tried to send like the interior decorator and a group of like painters over this week. And I was like, are you out of your mind? Like my parents watch Fox News. They my mom wasn't really taking this all seriously until like yesterday. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I'm living with my ex-husband and my, our daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, really rough. How it's is rough. that? Go- Do you guys? How is that? Because there's nowhere to escape. You're there's like, nowhere to it's escape. It's not like you can like run out and like go. You know, it's not like he's like moved in temporarily, but like life is normal. It's like you are literally stuck inside. Yeah, and it's been pouring rain here. I mean, when we first got here, no one was here because we've been here for a few weeks now. Um, and so when we first got here, no one was here, and it was nice to go to the beach. I would take the dog to the beach. There was nobody, like completely empty, because we're on an island, and um. Now a bunch of people have fled New York and are here and have brought disease with them. And it's like kind of creepy to go outside because like, you know, we're it's not nearly as crowded as Brooklyn, obviously, but there's still a lot more people. Um, but yeah, it's been like pouring rain. So I can't even like escape for like my afternoon walk on the beach. So oh my God. Um, yeah, it's been rough. We got in a huge, huge fight yesterday because he ate my veggie dogs and then <laughs> I w- <laughs> did he know not to he should have he should have wow. known there was oh, tons of ex-husbands. other things and then um tons of other things he could have eaten and then I so we got in a huge fight and then I went out in my car and sat in my car that was parked in the driveway and drank wine by myself <laughs> honestly that sounds wonderful it I was wish soundproof I, had a car I might record podcasts my- in there now I think that's super smart. I mean, I literally haven't gone outside in almost three weeks and I'm done now. Like at first I was like, oh, this is fine. And I've been used to spending a lot of time indoors through like health stuff. But I have always had the option to go outside, even if it made me more sick with like if it was hot weather and stuff, whatever, you know, but you like sometimes fucking chance it when you're dealing with chronic whatever for a while where you're like, I'm just done. But this, I'm like, okay, I literally can't go outside. It's just so wild. And then I hear from people, like listeners have reached out and they're like, oh my God, how are you doing? New York, the epicenter, whatever. And it's like, there's not really a lot to say. I'm not reading a ton about it. I read about Corona once or twice a day and that feels like two times too many because right now there's literally nothing I can do. And I'm stuck inside. So if you're talking to me about how fucking crazy the hospitals are right now, I mean, obviously that is incredibly distressing, but I'm not seeing any of that because I am in my apartment on the upper yeah. side, like literally without a, I have a window, but it's like to the, you know, you know, between the avenues. It's not like I'm looking at like a full block or something. Yeah. 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 Um, have it's you bananas. not gone out for just like a walk or anything? No, because you're very... right by the river. Can't you just like, is it empty, more empty there? So my problem is that I'm immunocompromised and I'm just very, very nervous of touching anything and oh, being fucked. And I like the minute you go outside, you put yourself in danger or somebody yeah. else. So I know that there are other people that are going for daily walks and doing like social distancing plus a couple feet. And I just don't feel comfortable with that. Like it just honestly makes me feel very unsafe. Like yeah, the idea yeah. of it, because I would just be I don't I mean, like knock on computer. I don't know how that would be, but I would just be crazy. So now I'm like. It's like I thought I was watching a lot of TV before, but sweet Christ, like (laughs) God forbid my internet went down, that would be the actual pandemic because right now, 
It's like I'm watching no disrespect, but I'm suffering through Ozark. 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 Okay, I was gonna start Dr. season Ozark. three. It's tough. That show, I have felt that through season one and season two. It's not. I don't know how to describe it. It's like sort of like a more depressing house of cards in that like moody, dark energy that sometimes pays off and sometimes doesn't. But regardless, you feel dirty while you're watching. Yeah. Like I'm doing that. I just finished. Um, I'm on a Bravo um, thread. Shout out to my fellow Bravo holics. And they had been pushing me to watch Tiger King, which I had been absolutely refusing. Yeah. Oh, I my God. It it's gonna- so good. It's so good. I But I thought it was going to be like Duck Dynasty, which I've never seen. And I was like, I don't really feel in the mood right now to watch like GOP ducks like waddling except no, they're tigers. No, no, and, and then I was two seconds in. I'm like, oh, my God. I DM them and said, I'm so sorry. I deeply apologize. I'm completely obsessed. <laughs> Did you? It's like it started off like very funny, quirky. I can't believe this is happening. And then by the end, I was like, fuck, this is dark. Yeah, like, everybody sucks in it. There's nobody to root for aside from that, like one campaign manager. Uh, yeah, that guy he sold ammo at Walmart and then oh became God, a campaign manager. Obsessed with him. Um, it was you know that story was a podcast first, um, but oh, was it? Because I never heard of it. Yeah, someone had been. I guess the guy who's been making this doc, um, he had been filming for years. But in the meantime, a podcast about it came out, I think, last summer. It was okay. season two of Over My Dead Body. Over My Dead, Bo- Over My Dead Body is like an anthology series about uh, weird murder cases typically taking place in Florida. And so um, I knew the basic story of all this. And then also that guy, Rick Kirkham, he's the like guy who is the – he talks really weird. He talks really nasally. He was the one who basically opens – the whole show he's like oh the journalist yeah yeah inside edition or whatever was hard copy yeah 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 so rick kirkham had a doc uh, put out his own doc um not about this but about his own life maybe in like 2006 and it's called tv junkie it is so good um it's about his addiction issues he was like the whole time he was on inside edition he was smoking crack and was like living this insane life but also he had a total double life like he was smoking crack but he also had this like family with this woman in texas and they had two children and um he was just and then he had like a a, an apartment in new york where he was like smoking crack all the time and he was like flying around you know the country doing all these like crazy stunts and everything and he's just been like and i think the reason why he speaks so nasally is because um his nose is so messed up from snorting stuff Oh, um, because his nose, his voice wasn't that bad. Um, even when that doc came out, it wasn't as bad as it is now. Like I was actually really shocked at like how much he's degraded. But um, the wow. I don't know if like where you can get TV Junkie. I highly recommend it though because it's all footage that he he's just been filming himself his whole life since he got his first camera when he was a teenager and so there's like he just has hours and hours and hours of footage he filmed his fights with his wife he filmed sex he filmed doing like all these different drugs and smoking crack himself having sex yeah like with everybody basically like and so and there's only like a little tiny like flash of that in a montage um but like the the stuff with like him fighting with his wife is wild it's but it's a really 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 good doc um i'm hoping it gets like more of a resurgence now that he's you know this character in this in this doc series uh is he in recovery now or is he still 
I mean, when that doc came out in, in 2006 or oh, whenever it came ago. out, okay. yeah, he said he'd been in recovery for a few years, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that that fell off because like mm-hmm. he never, because that doc did really well. HBO bought it. I think it was at Sundance and then HBO bought it. And so it did relatively well. And, and so he should have been poised for like a nice little comeback. And then that mm-hmm. just didn't happen. And he ended up in Oklahoma filming Joe Exotic. And like being his like YouTube producer. So um, and then, you know, and then so he had this like inside story of like all this shit going on and he just never did anything with it. Like these other people made a podcast and other people made a doc series and he didn't do anything with this story. So I feel like his journalism is a little, you know, he's he's I have a feeling that he's still probably struggling with addiction stuff. I mean, not to paint myself as a total stereotyper, but here I go. When the show opened with him or whatever, I thought that he was not going to be like a great guy at the end. Like, I thought that he was going to be more deeply involved with like nefarious acts or something just because of the way he comported himself. But I was wrong. Oh, yeah. No, that's probably just like the crack. (laughs) That's just the crack showing. (laughs) Crack jumping out. The crackhead jumping out of him. But uh, no, he's he's like, um, I mean, he's not like big. He's not a big cat person. I, I which I didn't until this documentary series. I didn't realize was a whole genre of person. But it is. Neither did I. They're all swingers. What is it about big cats that make people want to swing? Because they're all swingers. No, they're like swinging in their own little jungle of their like studio apartment in Oklahoma or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. And the fact that um fucking Joe Exotic got two different men who are who say that they are straight to marry him in exchange for meth. I mean, it's. I just young guys, nineteen year olds. It's I just feel like wild. It's, it's so dirty. I can't imagine. They're not. They're not straight. Like maybe they are a little bit one way on the spectrum than the other way. But like, if you're fucking a guy, if you're a guy and you're fucking a guy for eleven years, then you're not straight. <laughs> you're I don't at least think a little bit queer. Would- I don't think that they would have had sex with him, regardless of how they think of themselves, like on the sexuality spectrum. I do not think that they would have ever considered sleeping with him, except for the fact that he had readily available access to their drugs of choice. And the fact that he just kind of kept them high and gave them things to keep them with him is bananas like b-a-n-a-n-a-s like wild i mean i don't know because i feel like rick kirkham and he was a like major addict i don't think rick kirkham would have done it i don't think rick kirkham would (laughs) have slept with joe exotic for the drugs and he was such a druggie so i just i do think that it's like you've got to be at least a little bit queer to to in order to do that but Um, rick kirkham was also how old these guys were 19 years old yeah but still, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, I, I think We're, that they're yeah. a little bit queer. But, yeah, I can, you know, I hear you. those aren't, those weren't Joe's only husbands. They didn't, like, talk about how he actually had, like, two other husbands prior to those guys. He did? Yeah. Were um, they also 19-year-olds? He seems I, to you know, I don't for young guys. I don't really know. Um, but he, I mean... Yeah, I'm not sure. I I went down a real like internet K hole. Um, because you know when I listen to the podcast, what the podcast doesn't get across what the 
what the doc series does beautifully is like actually show how friggin' insane all of it is and how like wild yeah. it all is and yeah. like I didn't realize that Joe was such a character like you just kind of hear mm-hmm. him talking but nobody like described that he had this like mm-hmm. droopy uh eyebrow ring that like hung mm-hmm. down half his cheek <laughs> it's like an earring at it was this like point. a mullet a series of sequined blouses like he's they just, rocking that fringe I mean he's real visual so he's real they, visual they don't <laughs> They don't really, they, like, the podcast didn't really get that across. Like, they didn't really explain, you know, even just the idea that Carol Baskin only wears leopard print. She only, like, purchases clothes with leopard print on them. Is That's also, like, I mean, these every single person was a character. Okay, two questions. One, do you think that Carol killed her husband? Yes. And two, which Housewives franchise do you think Carol Baskin could fit in best with? Like, which housewife franchise should she join? And I'm thinking about this now for the first time as I say it out loud. Um, I've got one. I guess, I get, I mean, OC. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's like they're, yeah, I I guess, I think OC. She kind of reminds me of someone that, what was the name of that lady who was like a one season and done and she wore wigs? And she had like a young lover. Oh my god! What um, is her name? I want to say it was Dawn, but I know that was wrong. Her name is like a. I feel like it's a man's name. It's like I mean, like Kenneth. What is it, is it like Evan? Like I feel like her name Morgan. Her name was like a, like oh my god Dale. No. Oh, wasn't it? Wasn't there a D there? I I feel like there's oh my god a I, D name. Oh, I don't remember. But she reminds you of her. How? Wait, I'm looking um, it up. Just the just her temperament. Quinn. 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 Fry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a Quinn, big Quinn energy. To yes. You. Yeah. Yeah. BQE. I, I could see. I could see Quinn. I could see um Carol Baskin on Jersey. I don't know why, but I could see her kind of fitting yeah. in. I mean, she's, all the leopard print for sure. All the leopard print, print, absolutely. But like, she's normal, but also maybe has murdered. And I feel <laughs> like I could see that working out really well with the <laughs> Jersey cast, past or present. Um, I'd love to see it, Carol. If you're listening and you have interest in going into another career or keeping your own and doing a reverse snowbird or whatever the fuck and going up to Jersey when they're filming, I feel like there is a spot waiting for you. We'd love to see it. Would love to see it. I'm actually I am a little bit on the fence about whether or not she killed him uh, just because of like what that lawyer said. And that lawyer didn't seem like it was her lawyer. Right. It was the guy's lawyer. It was the ex-husband or the the dead husband's lawyer. He doesn't. Yeah, think I don't that- think he was her lawyer because he was being a little too vocal about how some of this didn't fit together, but that it didn't necessarily mean that she murdered him. Yeah, he said he knows how he died and that he won't say. So I don't know. I if mean, it's- that guy's just angling for a season two contract. Who are we yeah, kidding? Right. He probably works at Bravo. <laughs> that sounds um, like. But you know what? I uh, I if Carol killed him, good for her. God bless. Yeah, because he was. <laughs> He was because he was euthanizing the tigers and she really cared about them. That yeah. would have been her motive, you know. Listen, so. she's a giver. What can I say? <laughs> um, so how are you? I mean, are there are you do you find yourself watching more Bravo than normal? Less Bravo than normal? Oh, less. God forbid, are you I reading don't have a book? Cable. So <gasps> I know it's awful. Um, Wait, so, so are you catching up on the Internet? 
BravoTV.com? Yes. Like with my Spectrum login. But, you know, it's I have to do it the next day. I can't just like, because if, if I had the t- if I had cable down here, the cable doesn't turn on until April 1st because it's like seasonal for the beach. Oh, my God. So I know I can't. I'm not even really watching the news. Um, I well, try to. Fine. Yeah, I try to tune in every day for the, the White House press conferences because it just seems like such a circus. And I actually get a lot of um, I, I feel comforted by Cuomo in these times so his conferences and uh, press conferences in albany have been kind of comforting to me um mm-hmm. but uh yeah no if i had if i had cable i would just have bravo on i would have been marathoning old seasons of things i would have just been you know parked in front of the tv i mean i don't know what this says about me but i sort of very rarely watch the TV itself. I am one of those people having Spectrum as well, um, as does essentially everybody in New York City. So I'll just watch like the Spectrum live. So I'll watch TV on my computer. And I am, for some reason, one of those odd ducks that doesn't typically watch Bravo new episodes when it airs. I actually like watching it the next morning. I don't know why that is. The only exception historically that I'll make is like the beginning of a new housewives franchise like the first couple eps and pretty much every episode of New York yeah and I what about reunions um I mean the last several reunions that we've been watching pre-corona and now I've been watching the next day like Jersey I watched the next day Jersey I actually Jersey was like event tv for me it was like (laughs) <laughs> like watching American Idol results. I was like on t- watching it on TV until, you know, the third episode or whatever when I was living down here by then. The third episode I could have watched the next morning or that night. I didn't watch for two days. I like wasn't in the mood for it, but I'm so glad I did. So let's jump in. I mean, have you seen? So let's let's talk through the checklist of upcoming Bravo. Have you seen the Potomac trailer? I have not watched the trailer yet. I wish have- I should have watched it before we did this. That's okay. Have you seen the um, Beverly Hills trailer? I have. I watched the screener of the first episode. Have you seen? Okay, we're gonna get to that in one second. <laughs> have you seen the New York? <laughs> have you seen the New York trailer? Yes, and I watched the screener of that first episode too. Okay, phenomenal. So, guys, if you want to hear me drunkenly going on about <laughs> Potomac for thirty minutes, I recorded a Patreon episode um, on my birthday on Friday where I got sloshed on champagne and like watched Potomac and talked about it forever and ever. Amen. So, if you want my like gut reaction to the Potomac trailer, you can join Patreon, support Andy Scrolls, and listen to that. So. Holy fucking shit. You've seen both New York and Beverly Hills Eps 1? Yes. So tell um, us your th- tell us your thoughts. Like let's start I, with Beverly uh, Beverly Hills for the p- past few years I've been not into Beverly Hills. Like I How could you be? Yeah, How I just like I'm so like annoyed with that dog drama. I've been over Erica Jane for like 4 seasons now. Mm. Um and I just yeah they're just like it's the one that I'm like least excited about when it comes on Mm -hmm. um but this first episode I actually like I'm I'm sucked back in I am I'm drawn in and um apparently Sutton that woman Sutton they didn't have their uh their taglines included on this one on the the screener it's like so early yeah but um but apparently Sutton does not have a diamond even though they announced that she was joining right. the cast, which is crazy, right. but I actually really enjoyed her. 
um, on the first episode, she's like a total stuck up bitch in the best way and has like mm. real I don't know her husband does some kind of hedge fund thing so she has like mm. real money real money and um yeah so I actually really enjoyed her uh and they sort of teased out like they're all getting along pretty much in the first episode although um you can tell that they are all committed to they must have gotten a talking to or something by somebody because they they seem all committed to being authentic more than ever. And authentic meaning what? Meaning authentically invested in creating drama to keep their jobs in place or authentic is in showing stuff that showing, they haven't been in. Showing parts of their lives that they hadn't really before. Like, um, you know, Dorit was very openly talking about the lawsuit. Um, was she? Yeah. Erica was not talking about the lawsuit. I mean, I don't know how much I'm supposed to get. I'm allowed to give away, but like. No, give give it all. Give it all. Um, Erica. We're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> uh, Erica. I don't believe Erica talked about the lawsuit because like they have like several lawsuits. They have a lot of lawsuits. Um, they owe a lot of money from uh the research that I did of like, you know, all these different loans uh, Mr. Girardi had taken out. But um, Erica brought the women because they all go to New York for Fashion Week. Uh, and so the oh, first episode Kyle's is in showing, New York. right? Yes. She's yeah. 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 Her, like new clothing, whatever hobby. Um, I just based on the way that Kyle and Dorit were talking about each other in their in their interviews and not based on anything that actually happened in the show. I'm curious if they end up getting in a really big fight at some point because they didn't seem to have a lot of love for each other. Um, Well, that's good. Compliments seemed backhanded. Yeah. And so, but Erica um, brought them to uh, the strip club she used to work at in New Jersey um, which I thought was fascinating. Like, I don't think she's ever discussed being a stripper before, has she? I don't think I ever knew that she was um, a stripper. I thought she, like, grew up in Georgia, and then whatever, the kid went to stay with the grandparents. She went to, like, to Hollywood to become famous. I don't think I knew that. She she lived in New York with the kid's father. Like, I think that's maybe where she met her son's father oh, and got okay, married. Got it, got it, got it. Um, and was, like, trying to make it on, I don't know, Broadway or something. But she mm-hmm. was stripping in Jersey and living in, I guess, reverse commuting. <laughs> And she, uh, but it was a place called, I think it was called Shakers, which I, I need to double check this, but I have a feeling it is the same go-go bar that Melissa Gorga (gasps) was a bartender at. No. Cause I just, I, I remember them saying like the name of the place and it like back seasons and seasons ago of like where, where Melissa had bartended and Shakers seems... Like it, she like that was maybe the name of it. But I I don't know. I have to double check. Um, can I can I ask you a money question? So there have been housewives who have been able to evade questions about financial or legal impropriety without necessarily losing their role on the show because they've been able to be so cheeky. And I think about Karen Huger the most where she was able to like bypass conversation, but because she was such a character, even the way in which she was flat out ignoring to talk about stuff still felt like something for us to discuss. 
you know, compare that with Beverly Hills, where these women just seemed completely uninterested in talking about anything legal, anything putting that kind of drama in the spotlight on the show itself. And I think about my major concern with Beverly Hills being that these women wouldn't bring up the financial shit to either like shame each other or to talk about it and have it be interesting drama unless they were fully in control of what was being said. So I'm listening to you talking about the fact that Dorit was open about, you know, the legal shenanigans that she and PK are involved with right now. And while I think it's good that she's at least discussing it, my concern is that she just gets to like write the narrative of whatever it is that she wants and she's going to get a gold star for like talking about it at all. I mean, I I think that there's a difference between someone talking about something in a confessional or in a very staged brunch with girlfriends where she's like, oh my God, PK just came from court and these women know not to be shady or ask any questions. And I compare that with, you know, Lisa Rinna deciding she had a job to do and saying like, were you doing coke in the bathroom? You know, like if a dinner party where a group of people are excusing each other can lead to that kind of drama when repeated on housewives why isn't that having the case with like stuff that is quite obviously dramatic and legal i i mean yeah that's exactly what it is like Doree only mentions the beverly beach lawsuit not like all the judgments against pk oh i could give a shit about beverly beach i'm yeah, sorry apologies because, to because they settled um so they settled and and I think that, you know, so she's just mentioning that, you know, she settled this lawsuit and it's totally like she's owning the narrative and these other, the other women are not talking about it, which I think on Potomac, what makes it so great is that they all are all talking about, you know, yeah. Karen's money problems because that's what would happen in an actual like social group is that everyone sure. would be like whispering and like talking shit about this person's, you know, big problems that are like in the newspaper that they're not, you know, addressing. And you would think the women whose show is based in Hollywood would understand the cinematic importance of at least having a little bit of drama that is like genuine water cooler conversation amongst the Bravo world would understand the importance of a little bit of a sacrificial lamb. Like someone needs to be led to the slaughter and the slaughter is well, a non-blog written on Bravo TV.com. Well, that is the problem is that they've now decided first one in. What is it? Last one in, first one out. Yeah. Is that it appears by the trailer and by what I've seen online that everyone has just decided to like ruin her kind of thing where they're putting all of their energy in this one person does it yeah it does like so in the like at the end of the episode they sort of like they played like a super trailer of like what's to come on this season and specifically it was it was actually like basically just about the fighting because it was like oh we were all getting along so well you would never know that you know what was that it was it was about to get so bad and um the stuff with Denise like she looks like genuinely so upset about what's going on Lisa Renna looks positively evil um like gleeful right yeah and thank fucking god even if it's just the denise stuff i need to see a little bit of that energy absolutely so it looks really interesting to me i i can't remember if brandy was in any of this that that, like package Hmm. she must have been I, i don't know i was cooking when i was watching it um but she didn't she didn't stand out if she was um 
so yeah, it, I actually was really like, I was like, oh shit, I'm excited for this season now. I think that this this could be a really good season. I'm more excited for that than New York actually, which is wild. <gasps> no. Yeah. And New York's so, always been my favorite of every season, every so franchise. Did you feel more excited about Beverly Hills versus New York before watching both of those premieres? Or is that no. the energy you're taking with after the, watching? After. Yeah, after watching. So juxtapose for me the differences between the energy on Beverly Hills, which we're talking about, where it's a little bit of like not a bottleneck, but there's something maybe bubbling underneath. We're seeing it with some passive aggressive confessional stuff with uh, you're saying with Kyle and Dorit. And we all know that there is a huge explosion that happens. It's just a matter of when that when those episodes begin. So it seems like there could be more of a promise for Beverly Hills because we know there is one huge incident compare that to your experience watching New York where these women are all inherently very energetic shall we say Um, yeah I mean you know the thing about New York is that like even the bad seasons are still good so and I know that they'll always have like a, a a totally awesome vacation episode or series of episodes they're the best on vacations they're my favorite on vacations Mm -hmm. and I mean the one promising thing which is going to sound horrible but like you know Luann falls off the wagon and uh Leah McSweeney has been sober for nine years and then starts drinking um or she actually wait a second say this again she's been sober and she starts drinking like on camera well not on the first episode she doesn't but she, oh my god, she started drinking. I think shortly before they started filming the show, and then she doesn't drink on camera, at least not in the first episode. But oh from god. what I hear, that she does drink as the season progresses. So they're all drinking. Um, they're <laughs> no one's on the wagon. Um, which you know, Can't- that's how I like my housewives, and I, I'm sorry if that's like is insensitive or whatever for people that have substance abuse issues but I I do prefer them to not be pregnant I prefer them to be you know able to have a cocktail or two I think that's just you know uh when we get some of the best stuff do you think that she went off the wagon specifically because she knew the show and cash she was signing up for and felt like she was not that anyone said you need to have a cocktail 100% do not think that happened but do you think she felt implicitly like I need to start drinking again so I can understand the energy that these women are feeling when they're like talking with each other no I don't think either I don't think either of those things were related I think that maybe it was just like a classic thing of like oh it's been so long like I could probably handle it now kind of situation and then tried it and then was like oh I can't handle it and then stopped and then so that's kind of where she is when the when the season starts um wow that is something I had no idea about that's wild Um, and then there's Lou who like seemingly isn't just off the wagon she's just pretending she never had a problem to begin with or something well she's not drinking in the first episode at least so but I just I know that she just from reading page six and stuff I know she falls off the wagon during the season or she says that she never needed to be on the wagon to begin with and that was just court order there's a moment in the trailer when you know Ramona puts down a drink that you can't tell if it has alcohol or not Lou I think goes to pick it up Ramona says um you know oh wait that has vodka in it and Lou takes a little dramatic pause and then drinks it which was the indicator that she was saying to the group it's okay to drink now in well because she's off probation 
Right. So she doesn't feel like she needs to. Um, she doesn't feel like she needs. She doesn't feel like she needs to kind of like play the part of someone who's made peace with being an alcoholic. I mean, there is that there is that odd scene of her going to tennis with Jill, which will continue to probably frustrate me when I rewatch it uh, over again and again, where Jill says, like, you don't look like an alcoholic, which is just such a incorrect you can't you don't a person doesn't look like an alcoholic either you have a drinking problem or you don't or you're like somewhere on the spectrum so my only nervousness about this is how is this going to be presented on camera and on tv and are we to assume that because we all know Luann is now legally allowed to drink that we should put away all of her conversations where she was seemingly open and honest about having a drinking problem or how are we as viewers supposed to watch her falling into a bush now you know is it just as funny as it was before or is there darkness to it um I for me it's gonna be funny um (laughs) (laughs) because I feel I feel for her like sometimes when you're going through something that's difficult Mm -hmm. or you know there there is such a thing as situational alcoholism like for example people in college are binge drinking and Mm -hmm. like drinking to the points that they probably don't ever do again once they're not in college like getting messy and sloppy like that um and I think that maybe she had a few rough years she probably had a really hard time after like the divorce with the count and then the Tom stuff was just a major you know mind fuck and so um I would feel bad like you know all of those women must have felt bad for her that she wasn't able to like have a few drinks with them and um but like sometimes you just need to like re- recalibrate. You need to like mm-hmm. unplug and plug back in, and mm-hmm. um, that's that's what she did. So like I would feel like if I were in that situation. I mean, I I truly don't think I'll ever be in the situation where I get arrested for assaulting a police officer. I'm pretty sure that's not going to threatening happen to kill him to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. But if I got you know arrested, or if I got a DUI or something, or which also won't happen but um yeah I, I guess I don't know why I'm trying to relate to Louisa. <laughs> like, it's like there, she seems kind of a little unrelatable but I would just feel like you know she had to do what she had to do to get out of trouble she had to say what she had to say and you know maybe she's able to like handle her liquor a little bit better I I don't see Luann as a Kim Richards type like I see yeah. Kim as having a chronic you know uh problem with alcohol and substance abuse Mm -hmm. whereas Luann I think you know maybe she just partied a little bit too hard but I don't know I'm I'm, obviously I'm not a doctor I'm not a substance abuse counselor I have no idea um but that's just that's just what it seems like to me I mean for Kim it seemed to be coming from a place of like hurt and pain and trying to treat that pain and with Lou it felt like a little bit of Oh, an extension of her own ego that it she just went too long unchecked and then was behaving in a way that was essentially like unsafe as a result of that. Um, and so my thinking is, regardless of how she's, you know, how much alcohol she's drinking or whatever else, what other other um, substances she was consuming, which I don't think just included alcohol. I wonder if she's been able to humble herself because I think that was actually what was no, needed. I feel like absolutely not. I mean, I don't right? even know, but I'm just guessing. No. 
like the subs the sobriety was a symptom or a solution to a greater disease and if she doesn't do like some actual work on her ego and whatever the fuck else she's just going to express it in another way it might not be great amounts of alcohol consumption but it could be talking about the cabaret for nine to 15 hours a day when you know the show's only shooting for 12 like I don't know that that's you know it's like shooting that scene even though this is probably unfair to her but shooting that scene of where she's like standing staring at a poster of herself in Miami (laughs) and then saying to Ramona that all of these women are jealous which produced one of I thought one of the great instinctive responses that Ramona's ever said which was like essentially like no we're we're not like just immediately like that's not it oh no that's not not the problem (laughs) so you know you finished watching Beverly Hills and you were like oh this is interesting you felt potentially intrigued by it and New York do you think that the absence of Bethany is really that's felt it's really felt it's really felt and do you think that's because she was such a strong I just think it was housewife because or because she, she was like the voice of the audience or what no I think it's because production like she quit on the first day of production and yeah. completely blindsided everyone and so they didn't have like they weren't able to like properly cast yeah like create like a like a good chemistry mix of mm. people in her absence like they just they didn't have any time to prepare so you know it's just it was like a lack of of that um i still think that we're going to get a lot of good stuff out of those ladies um i think that maybe part of it is that the bar for me was so low with beverly hills my expectations were so low yeah. that it was maybe a little bit easier to exceed them than mm-hmm. with New York because New York is like such a I just love New York so much. Well, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens. I watched I rewatched all of the um trailers before we started recording and I found myself humored by New York in a way that I'd kind of forgotten in the last couple weeks. Um And, you know, the fact that Beverly Hills seems in any way promising is great. I mean, I remain mystified by their casting decisions or lack thereof as concerning this upcoming season in the sense that Teddy is still full time. Erica Jane is still full time. I think uh, Teddy could be part time at best and Erica Jane should really be a friend of talk about taking a boring housewife and making her more boring the one time that teddy was kind of interesting was when she got so so drunk in france and now she's yeah. pregnant and isn't drinking and is just oh god and p.s if you're gonna join the show and part of your shtick is that you're john mellencamp's daughter and then you don't really prove yourself to be <sighs> necessarily the best fit as a housewife unless you're dealing with like mortal mortal strife a la LVP where I do think she served a temporary purpose like why the fuck haven't we seen her father I know he like lives in Idaho or whatever the fuck and he's very busy not making music but what why haven't we seen even a little bit of that like I listen John still with Meg Ryan no no? they broke up they broke up I want to say in the last several months which is again also really fucking frustrating because we could have seen meg ryan cameo yeah. on an episode of real housewives and wouldn't that have been fucking magical like, i would it's actually wild to me i would love to see her on she's she's had some interesting pivots yeah she really has wait but speaking of uh people living with their exes mario and 
Ramona are doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. And they seem to be getting along a lot better doing it. Well, she's like cleaning in a negligee and I'm like disgusting all day long, like (laughs) not looking sexy. And (laughs) Well, I'm glad you raised that because I asked the listeners to let me know what their what response to Corona they found most interesting that was made by a Bravo lab. So I posed on IG, which Bravo lab Corona moment is most on your mind, good, bad, or Danielle. And I got a variety of responses, including Siggy, I guess saying something stupid and political Ramona cleaning the toilets. Um, Ramona and Dorinda. I mean, she's using everything wrong except for her mind. Um, Dorinda's response to Ramona in the negligee, <laughs> where I think we can hear the voice of John Medesian, if yes. I'm not incorrect. So they must be so back together. They must be back together. I wonder if that breakup was just for filming. Who's to say? Um, uh, Ramona half in tears two weeks ago telling us we need to stay at home. So true. Uh, here's a moment. Did you see this whole thing with fucking Kelly Dodd? Which Who one? went? She went on social. She's been extremely, spoiler alert, combative with Instagram followers, perhaps unsurprisingly, and said at one point that she had been tested for COVID-19 and said it was because she knows the right people and then expected that all of the followers would be like, wow, good for you. And instead, people were like, what the fuck? How dare you sort of promote this or market it as like a great thing when there are very very sick people and she's just essentially responding to individual people saying go fuck yourself which is wild I mean I think it's because Rick works at Fox and something tells me that Fox got a nice little shipment um but regardless she is like it's Kelly is so (sighs) Kelly is so complicated in the fact that I have come around since her first season to understanding that she's a great housewife she knows her job but she's such a garbage person, which I know because that's why I hated her for so long. But now it's like, am I supporting this person who's just saying terrible things because she's a nightmare? I don't know how to feel. I don't know. I know I've it's- always liked her. I always liked her from the beginning. Um, she's just what you she's just, you know, she's Kelly. I, I'm not surprised that she got a test and I'm not surprised that she bragged about it. <laughs> it's Kelly. I mean, it's probably not the worst thing I've seen, which has to be. Did you see the paparazzi shots of Melissa Gorga? No. I'm going to text them to you right now if you um, have your phone yeah, nearby. Yeah. So Melissa Gorga had the paparazzi show up to her house to stage some photos of her getting mail while wearing a mask. And oh someone tweeted exactly that. Oh and my guys, God. I'll put it on Instagram. And someone said, and y'all are mad because Jen Aiden called herself absorbed. It is insane. So Melissa Gorga, who, who initially was posting like real videos for Bravo TV, like, oh, here's a tour of my place. Look at Joe working out in the basement gym. And like, we're all doing great and self-quarantining. Had the fucking These are ball. so staged. These are like Heidi and Spencer- staged like level staged it's like camila cabello style walking and pretending to drink uh coffee the morning after fucking your fake boyfriend except the coffee mugs are obviously empty like this is she takes the mask off like what's the the purpose of doing the whole mask on thing if you're gonna take it yeah. off she takes the mask off to show like full face p.s like 
what the fuck. She's in like a little like sports bra um, workout leggings. She she is truly strutting for the camera like only J-Lo could. And it's fascinating to me because I want to know which editor of like the Daily Mail or whatever called up a photographer and was like, hey, Joe, are you safe with your family? And Joe's like, yeah, you know, I'm self-quarantining. Okay, cool. So um, I need you to drive to New Jersey or take a public bus or whatever to stage some photos of Melissa, which obviously puts yourself in danger from this pandemic. And then send me those pics. It's super important. For Melissa Gorga, like this isn't like a normal situation where... I don't know, there's some like crazy terrorist attack or or something, but you know, we all want to like hold strong. This is the second that you leave your apartment or your home or place of residence, you're putting yourself and other people at serious, serious risk for this. I feel like Joe took these. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, if Joe took them, I'm totally fine. I feel like Joe took them and submitted and submitted and submitted them to like a like a like a newswire agency or something. Like they probably took pictures and sold them themselves okay, that's what i'm guys, thinking guys if joe took them i have absolutely no issue with that <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's if still so them, self-absorbed though it's no still, it's, it's fine so... i love it i love it for days i love how quickly and it's weird because the mask obviously is not an n95 which thank god it's not those need to be in hospitals no it's a fashion mask there's a like with a, a weird, weird mouth drawn weird on mouth it. on it there's like a vampire mouth Oh, my God. I'm so glad, Tracy Morrissey. I never for a single second would have thought of Joe Gorga. Apologies to Joe and Melissa Gorga. I fully support your photography hobby and the six to 17 shekels that you just made posting stage paparazzi shots. Chef's kiss. I love it. The half glass of rosé I'm finishing loves it as well. I have no issue reading the photo credits now. Oh no! Is it it's actually from Splash? It, was, it was someone from Star Trek's photos, Sophie Fritz. So it was not Joe. Okay, guys. So <laughs> this wave wow. of emotion. Wow. So I have shat on them. Then I cleaned it all up, and now I am pooping again. My God, it's diabolical. She's Look how, but far she's like she's come. on their property though. She's on their property. But like, somebody had to like travel she's... to her unless a paparazzi lives across oh, from yeah. her, which I highly no, doubt they, compared they to how much money they used to make they called them and made an now. appointment. <sighs> yeah, they, they called them and made an appointment. They're, I mean, I guess, you know what? Maybe this person's just try- working in the gig economy and is freaking out by losing jobs. But if you're yeah. not traveling for like a real serious need and some might argue that this is a serious need they wanted to see what workout attire melissa was wearing and how she's doing and what fashion mask she bought where i just don't think it's super necessary i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that i think that that is potentially the case and for somebody who's i'm just gonna say this father-in-law has dealt with extreme chronic health issues and who posted an instagram video yeah what do you, photo do you think recently nono's doing like, during this i mean i don't know i hope they've stocked up on raw octopus and have hobbies and things for him to do <laughs> but he's really genuinely in physically delicate condition regardless of corona and so to stage these kinds of photos which implies that someone had to travel regardless of whether or not they did. And my thought is that they did for a reason that wasn't actually necessary. That is wild to me. 
wild. Yeah. Maybe this it's, person lives in New Jersey. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I don't, I don't know. So, I don't really care. I'm where fascinated they live. by it, though. Yeah, and I'm concerned that it's like talk about inspiring bad behavior in other people. I'm nervous that like all of a sudden we're going to get like a 24 picture layout of I don't know Sonia doing God knows what where once people see this stuff depending on what the reaction is did you see Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone's Instagram caption to um poor sweet corona ridden Andy Cohen who a shout out to Andy Cohen I believe is doing better the whole scary thing with corona is that you can have terrible symptoms feel like you're coming better and then it like hits you like a tidal wave so I'm very very hopeful that he is just focusing on getting well and resting um we haven't heard a lot from him yeah he's just been he he posted some responses to some people on ig that were like how's andy and i think he's just doing exactly what he should be which is quarantining he said his nanny um tested uh negative and he just can't see his um sweet adorable perfection angel son um baby benjamin and he's doing the right thing and he's hopefully getting well but kelly of course, took this opportunity, um, KKB, Kelly Kaloran, Ben Simone, to post a photo of herself and her um, daughter, Teddy, from back in the day when she was doing like green screen yada for Housewives. And she made a post that says, Dear Andy, you know, Bravo Andy, we may have our differences, but it's time to bury the hatchet. I heard you aren't feeling well. And I know how hard it is to raise children alone when you aren't feeling well. We are all thinking of you and wishing you a speedy recovery. Love, KKB. Hmm. Wow, so they've really been not speaking this whole time, huh? I mean, unsurprisingly, I find it fascinating that she's saying, I know how hard it is to raise children alone when you aren't feeling well. Kelly, if you're referencing your struggles during the filming of Scary Island, I would love to hear specifically Mm. more about that but otherwise if you're comparing god only knows what falling off that plastic horse with (laughs) being diagnosed with (laughs) coronavirus i mean get her back on new york stat i don't know it seems so completely bass awkwards for lack of a better term bananas batshit crazy insane um and speaking of insane, there's one more. Actually, there's two more Housewives-related corona shenanigans that I wanted to get your mm-hmm. thoughts on. Yeah. One, do you think that Lisa Vanderpump is, in fact, uh, supporting her um, employees during this time? I don't have the answer, but it's she, d- she is not specifically saying on social media that she is giving a single dollar to any of the employees at any of her restaurants right now, just that they've shut down. Oh, don't you think we would have heard if she weren't? Um, I think we would have heard if she was. If she I was. Think she would have, I think she would have put on a big show about the fact that she was supporting her employees and like, look at her good works, which she deserves, um, you know, positive responses if she's doing that. But I don't think that she has put even a swan's daily food and bev into supporting those employees because i haven't seen it and what we know of lisa vanderpump she's very open about specific platforms and things and what she'll put across on social it does not appear that we're hearing that i know that the toms put something on their instagrams about them donating 100 percent of like cameo sales to their employees and this is me being not 
yeah, I, no, no shade. I think that's awesome. Like, good for them. And they're using their platform to raise money for um, people who really need financial support. And, you know, their friends and employees. I think that's great. I just haven't seen that at all with Lisa. And because Lisa's in a much bigger tax bracket than the fucking Toms, I would expect that it wasn't going to be sales of a cameo, but actual writing a check. Well, I don't, I don't know... Like, I haven't really looked into it at all, but um, I do know that, like, if businesses are continuing to pay their employees, um, yeah. specifically, I think, restaurants, um, part of the the stimulus package is that they get um, loan forgiveness or, like, z- zero interest loans or loan forgiveness um, for that. So, um, like, it would you know, she wouldn't really be losing out if they could continue to mm-hmm. pay them. But I don't know. Like, you're you're so right. Like, she's, she's like, a really big into, like, letting everyone know what she's up to. So, like, the good things that she does. I mean, oh isn't God. that wild that she hasn't? Oh, what's Peter posting? Peter is in um, Pump Rules, Peter. P- yeah, Peter Magical. Just because he actually works, <laughs> like, there. Yeah. And I, I, he probably gets a little bit of a paycheck from Vanderpump Rules, but he doesn't make the kind of money that everyone else is making. I think he um, makes a couple bucks, but I don't think he's, like, rolling in it. I think he does still need to work there. I'm trying to remember when I went to see you next Tuesday, if I saw him there. I remember seeing Guillermo, who is, like, the most beautiful man of all time, but I don't remember if I, I saw, saw Peter. I saw Peter every single time I went to Sir. And I've been oh, yeah? so many times, yes. <laughs> and he was, like, Always legit there. working, right? Yes, yeah, totally working. Do you think he's ever going to be full time or are they getting no. enough from him and he's just not interesting? In I think the he's way probably not interesting. Need. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you there. The other housewife related in the time of Corona announcement that I found fascinating was something that um, sort of friend of the show, Jill Zarin, spoke about on Heather McDonald's podcast. <gasps> Yes. Which is the fact that, spoiler alert, Ali Shapiro was conceived by a sperm donor. Yeah. And that information only came to light because Ali's former stepmother emotionally blackmailed her what and essentially was dropping hints that she was not her father's biological daughter and then said she like made some announcement or threat to Jill that she needed Jill to tell Allie before this woman had her bat mitzvah for her son because she wanted to bar mitzvah for her son because she wanted her son to make sure her son knew before his bar mitzvah so he's like 12 or 13 that his sister wasn't biologically related to him wow what a stupid cunt I am Wait, so, so horrified yeah yeah tell me those those children that he had with his next wife that he mm-hmm. was divorcing yeah so those were wife. those are his biological children so they didn't have fertility issues How did that happen? Yeah. Like, why did maybe why did his sperm was, not work when he was with Jill? Maybe his sperm and her egg just, like, couldn't have a dinner party. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, it, like, maybe it just didn't. I don't know how babies are born, but I'm assuming that, like, his stork just wasn't a good fit with hers. That's, I guess. That's weird. That but he has swimmers. Weird. Yeah. How did that work? Maybe, maybe something happened in the time in which science or whatever in the time in which you know 26 27 years ago when Allie was conceived versus how old these kids are like in the 10 years since maybe his science increased 
That's weird. Uh, maybe he was wearing, maybe he was using one of those like hormone, hormone things that Joe was when he had oh, three swimmers instead of 15 yeah, million. Steroids. That's what like, that I was. I don't think that her dad was, not to start conversations, but I don't think her dad was like literally using steroids, but maybe it was, maybe it was situational or maybe yeah. there was some, that is fascinating. I actually hadn't thought about that because I went to public school, but I wonder if. I just sort of assumed that the, none of the kids were biologically his and that's how the stepmother knew. I mean, and Jill says this happened because this woman was a quote unquote drug alcoholic and has <laughs> tried to has tried to make amends with Allie since Allie says she's not ready to forgive her. And frankly, if I was Allie, I would say never talk to me again. I mean, yes, it is horrifying for a grown Fuck woman her. to try to That's essentially disgusting. harm her stepchild. And this is the whole thing with coming to terms with alcohol abuse or something else like regardless of how you behave during those times you still have to take responsibility for the aftermath of it you know like this is horrific horrifying behavior um and the weird plot twist to this was so Allie I guess got in touch so I guess Bobby rest in peace had registered Allie on something called donors sibling registry.com. Yeah. Found, what found a bunch of siblings. When did this all come out? When did all of, when did Allie find out? Because it made it seem to like when I was first like reading about it, it seemed like it only happened last year, but if Bobby had set this up, then this has been years ago. Yeah. I think it was while she was still in college like okay. while she was a senior. So 21, 22. So like six ish years ago while he was still alive okay. And so he registered her on this, like, website to find other people, find siblings. And then last year, she found a message through 23andMe from a different man. And it turned out the mm -hmm. guy that she was told was her biological father from the sperm donation was actually somebody else so the sperm yeah. clinic had mixed up the donors so not only does she so find pissed. out that her not only does she find out that she was conceived with a sperm donation but that the guy that she was conceived with the sperm donation wasn't actually the right guy and it was someone else um who she's been in touch with jill says he is calm listener not in an education world or whatever this whole thing is so fucking crazy and i have to say when i initially heard about it I was angry that it came to light because it felt like a ploy for attention. And then the more I read about it, I was like, listen, if Allie is comfortable with this being made public, and even if this is in any way being meant to shame the stepmother, which I have zero issue with, she did something terribly and needs to be yeah. held accountable. It is, in fact, like a fascinating, not just tabloidy situation that I never would have thought about and frankly i'm upset we're not seeing it on tv i mean it, this is wild lots the of twists and turns the, right the fact that jill's family was reaching out saying like this is the worst part of it um like ali doesn't look like us like why is she fat which is the weirdest most toxic That's way to so fat shame someone horrible right by putting their dna into question because they that relative that evil relative doesn't think that she looks like they do I mean that was there are so many horrible people involved in this and I don't think any of them are Jill or Jill's ex-husband or Allie or certainly Bobby who was trying to help it's just yeah I hope that her ex-husband really really stuck up for Allie when 
his then wife was behaving reprehensibly, but who even knows? I mean, it sounds like their marriage was a fucking it's, horror No, show. it sounds like they have a good relationship. Jill and, and have a good Steven. relationship. It yeah. seems like. But I wonder if... The ex-husband, if, yeah. But if you knew that your estranged wife was trying to genetic shame your daughter... You know what I'm saying? And like he was still technically married to her at the time and ostensibly has children with her. I would never want to speak to this person ever again. Like he's directly trying to harm. She's directly trying to harm his oldest child. I just think that's like fucking bananas. It's just so crazy to me. It's so crazy. But I'm glad that Allie. It's terrible. But I'm glad that Allie is, you know, figuring this out. And it's something that Jill referenced. She didn't even tell her parents. So she had to tell her parents after being emotionally blackmailed by the evil stepmother because her parents didn't even know because there was a lot of shame against this kind of um, science or whatever back in the day, 25, 26 years ago. And so she really had to have a conversation with her parents that she probably wouldn't have ordinarily or certainly wouldn't have ordinarily. That's that's a very difficult kind of talk to have because it seems like they were upset just in the sense that they hadn't been told. You know, it's that's tough. That's rough, tough stuff. What? How old was Jill when she had Allie? I don't think she was in her 30s yet, right? I think she was probably still yeah, in her 20s. Yeah, I think she was 20s. probably in her 20s. That's probably, really right? early to... to Have this kind of stuff. Yeah, to like not do other kinds of treatments first. or I mean, that seems like they jumped the gun a little bit. I'm curious about it. I'm curious about it. My, my feeling was that the... I think that the, the ex-wife, I think that her motivation was in the middle of this divorce... Mm-hmm. Maybe trying to accuse Jill of having had an affair and that the daughter wasn't. This is just me reading between the lines of like why someone would do this of Jill having an affair. And that's why Allie didn't look like the, the Stephen and like trying to like because I don't think that that woman was told that Allie was from a sperm donor. Right. Like initially. Oh. Okay, so here's the problem. So according to the Daily Dish on BravoTV.com, so they decided they were having issues conceiving, and so they decided to uh, use a sperm donor. So, you know, IVF maybe wasn't a thing or whatever. or That was their choice. You have the exact right choice to to use whatever the fuck works for your family. That's the whole thing with family planning. So when Stephen, it says, according to the Daily Dish, when Stephen and his second wife, with whom he had three boys, were getting divorced a few years ago, his wife, whom Jill claimed is a quote-unquote drug alcoholic, allegedly emailed Jill to ask a quote-unquote question of the day, asking, why is Allie, this is the stepmother, I thought it was a different relative, why is Allie the fattest in the Shapiro family? Why does Allie have blue eyes and no one else does? Why is she the shortest one? The alleged email, which Jill said was also sent to 15 other family members. This woman is a dumb twat. Ratted her as she claimed she knew what the woman was referring to. That years earlier when Stephen and Jill were having trouble getting pregnant, they decided to use a sperm daughter to conceive their daughter, Allie. Jill said she received this email in April, but in August, Allie was snooping through Jill's email and found it. After confronting her mother about it, Jill sat her down, conferenced in Stephen, and they told her the truth about her biological father. 
says Allie, never in a million years would have thought that. I had no inkling, noting saying that noting that she was shocked but was not mad at her parents. Rather, she was mad at her stepmom for all this pain she was trying to cause us. Jill says she blackmailed me, noted it wasn't for money, but emotional blackmail. She just wanted to tell Allie. I mean, this woman just wanted to create and cause harm to an innocent party, which was Allie Shapiro. But it sounds like she didn't know that she was, uh, that they had used a sperm donor. I feel like she was insinuating that Jill had had an affair and that Allie wasn't Stephen's biological child and that it was entirely possible an affair of Jill's, which is why she was like being so, so bitchy about it. Not that this is like excusing her. I'm just saying that like that I think that she was, uh, and I think, and I, personally I think that like I'm just trying to think of like motive of like why would someone do this I feel like she probably was like oh if I can prove that this kid isn't his biological child maybe then she won't be a financial responsibility my kids will get more money kind of thing because the marriage was ending so here's another update Jill shared that she never intended to tell Allie as she was concerned about Allie's feelings and also didn't want to interrupt her education Allie was a senior in college at this point but prior to Allie finding the alleged email, Jill claimed the stepmom contacted her and told her if she didn't tell Allie the truth, she would, as she wanted her oh. son to know that Allie wasn't his biological sister before oh his God. bar mitzvah. Wow, you're like using the calendar in the wrong way. Jill alleged she then hired an attorney who contacted the stepmom and they worked out an agreement for Stephen and Jill to tell Allie when she graduated from college wow so fucked up that the woman was like forcing them to tell Allie that's so fucked up just continuing on five days after Allie found the email so five days after Allie found the email her stepmom allegedly texted her to taunt her asking her questions about why Allie didn't look like the rest of the Shapiro family Although Jill felt vengeful, she said she ultimately decided to just focus on her daughter and her well-being. Jill and Allie say that after her stepmom got sober, she reached out to make amends, but Allie isn't ready to forgive her. I just think... What a horrible woman. Horrible, horrible, awful woman. There's no excuse or explanation other than I'm a sick, awful monster of a human being. I wonder what kind of drug alcoholic she is. Like, what's her drug of choice? Probably... I don't know that she, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't. I don't know. I just don't know. But, you know, not a Corona direct related um, news announcement, but certainly something that came out this week that I've been thinking about. And I'm just, I just, I just remain sad that we're not watching this play out on New York because this is like crazy. I never would have thought about something like this happen. I don't think anything close to this has happened. Tell me everything. What are your thoughts? I bet dollars to donuts Jill has used this to get back on the show. Um, And fucking good for her. Why shouldn't she? (laughs) Because it's not her story. It's Allie's. You know what would be great if she timed this to come out right before the New York premiere when people are like looking for any kind of New York content possible. God love her. I miss her. When's the New York premiere? Is it this week? Yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah. In a couple of days. I haven't seen it. You've seen it six times. Can't <laughs> wait. Um, Tracy Morrissey, I do want to talk to you about Jersey, but I think we're going to do that on the Patreon after show, which guys will be posted at the same time that this episode comes out. And P.S. I was just a guest on 
Um, the B list with friend of the show Pet Shop Boy, and that is a podcast you are producing. Can you tell us a little bit about the B list and also pot psychology? Yeah, the B list is uh, hosted by B, who is um, you know Pet Shop Boy from Instagram. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, you should. The best. He's, he's so so funny, and he's a Potomac diehard. Is a an artiste when it comes artiste. to Instagram stories. Um, he's just so good at it. Uh, yeah, he does a weekly, um, like it's like pop culture, I would say gay culture, um, podcast. I mean, it's, it's AKA culture. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it, we, there's a lot of, you know, um, gay guests, but it clearly, there's also, you know, women that come on the show. Uh, I, I was, when I say gay, I meant like gay men, but, um, it's uh I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's an amazing it's a very podcast funny... where he talks to he talks about um Bravo stuff, non Bravo stuff. He's talking about all things pop culture and it's like the podcast extension of his very popular Instagram. So Oh my god, you just did a great um... job. Thank you. <laughs> so you guys should listen to it and not just because I've been on it twice. And Tracy, what's going on with pot psychology? Pot Psychology is a podcast where my friend Rich and I just get high and we talk about stuff. Uh, it used to be a vlog like, oh God, 13 years ago it started and then we got a book deal from it and then we Ooh. stopped doing it for a long time and Ooh. then because I had a, I got pregnant and I had a baby and now we're back mm. and um, yeah, in podcast form and it's really fun. Uh, I it's, it's If you want an escape from this world right now, I would suggest listening to it. We've been lately for our Patreon, we've been um, reviewing um, and recapping the Beethoven movies. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> and we're starting a book club. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, I'm excited about that. We're going to do Zoom meetings with people about like, uh, like with, you know, listeners to discuss the books oh my god I'm obsessed with that and I'm going to need to sign up immediately and speaking of all things zoom so I did a zoom for my birthday on Friday spoiler alert it was my birthday I know we talked about that before but just to remind you guys and I had such a good time <laughs> zooming now we're, we're zooming now as we're recording but I'm like new to zoom and the fact that you can put in housewife backgrounds and all this shit so um, I've had some listeners reach out and say you know I'm on patreon I'd love to figure out a way I'm on the AG patreon and I want to figure out a way to like interact with you more so I I am actually planning to do an Andy's Girl Zoom where one night, oh, you guys, in April, I'm thinking after an episode of a um, Housewife show, so I guess I'm going to have to watch that shit live, uh, doing a <laughs> Zoom. So I think if you guys haven't signed up for the Andy's Girls Patreon, you motherfucking should um, because holy shit, it's going to be crazy. And I am almost done with the glass of rosé I started before we recorded. And I think there's going to be a little bit more when that happens. And who doesn't want an Andy's Girls Kiki, especially since we can't do one in New York anytime in the near future. But this is a way to get Andy's Girls all across America and in fact the world involved. And I'm so excited about it. Speaking of all things Patreon, if you do not already support the Andy's Girls Patreon starts at $2 a month and it's the number one best way to support Andy's girls and get free exclusive um, bonus episodes like the one that Tracy and I are going to do. Tracy, we need to talk about all things Jamila Jamil because <laughs> the last time you came on Andy's girls, it was when you had already started 
posting your JJ investigations, but right before it went like internationally global. <laughs> and I want to know what is happening with all things JJ since how is she self quarantining and protecting herself? God forbid, you know, a symptom of Corona is being stung by a bee. I mean, I think she would be in a whole lot of trouble. Um, so I want to talk to you about that and tell the folks how to follow you um, online. Um, I am Tracy Morrissey. Tracy is T-R-A-C-I-E on everything. Love. And guys, Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. Um, Tracy, you need to watch the Potomac trailer ASAP. And guys, if you want to hear my breakdown about all things Potomac on my birthday breakdown, it is on Patreon now. And I'm sure we'll get into it again next week. Um, I love all of you. I know that this is a really difficult time and we are doing our very best to bring you fresh, new Andy's Girls content week to week, not only on AG Central, but on the AG Patreon. And I just have to say, find happiness any way you can find it you know feel it call your friends if you haven't already checked in on your check in on yourself and your own soul I cannot talk I literally have had a glass of rosé and I feel like I'm dying (laughs) um and I hope you're hanging in there we are going to get through this together by me screeching about uh Jill Zarin's um evil ex-husband step mom situation uh one hour at a time um oh my god did we even talk about Atlanta no we didn't how on earth can you just tell me really quickly um Kenya versus um Linithia where do you stand Ugh, team no one Really Yeah team no one on that Yeah Okay, we're going to get into it on the Patreon. Um, Link to sign up, patreon.com slash andysgirls. There'll also be a link in the show notes for this episode. Guys, hang in there. We love you, and we will talk to you again soon. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye.